a lot of people out there tell you not to put prices on your website. That's, yeah, that's huge. <laughs> they, they say that. Yeah. We have pretty much bucked the trend and we always had prices on our website. Yep. Uh, because we found that we were, we were getting more qualified leads. Yeah. Regardless, the first email communication, when they emailed us, we'd send them our pricing PDF and say, here's our pricing. Can we set up a phone call to chat on this day and this time? So we offered two dates in the initial email. They'd get back with us. Let's set up a time to chat. Hey, what's up, guys? Jordan Anderson here. And on this episode, we have the brand photographer, Susie Hadid, with us. She's working with brands to do photography, to do strategy, to help improve basically how brands communicate with their customers and clients. We talked a lot about going from a B2C world in the wedding world to a B2B world with small businesses and, and individual clients. We talk about pricing. We talk about pricing strategy. We talk about clients, working with clients, you know, these important little touch points, emails, phone calls, client meetings. Every time your customer interacts with your brand and your business, what does that look like? What's the outcome? What's the result from them? Is it a good experience? Is it a bad experience? Is it a neutral experience? We were at an outdoor cafe. Which I'm pretty chill about. I think, I think the audio, I think the content is more important than the quality of the audio or the quality of the video. Uh, it's about the content. So, uh, I tried to, we might have to put the, uh, the denoise filter on just a little bit because a couple trucks came by, but I thought the conversation was great. Check out Susie's work. Go to suzyhadid.com and awesome, awesome, awesome conversation. I uh, hope you guys listen up, take some notes and, uh, let's get started. I'll present to you Susie Hadid. Uh, okay, so we have Susie Hadid here on the podcast. Susie, thanks for being here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, if you want to give us a quick three-minute, five-minute intro, who you are, okay. what, what you're about, what you've been up to, what you plan All on right. doing. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, I am a Southern girl. I'm transplant from Mississippi, moved to the D.C. area when I married my husband almost nine years ago. Um, we've got two girls, four-year-old and a two-year-old, okay. and um, I've been doing wedding photography. Since I've moved up here, I was working with my sister-in-law and um, it was it was an amazing partnership. And we just like we worked really well together. We've done weddings. And just because of personal reasons, we decided that we needed to um, this would be our last wedding season this year. So I think it's been hard on both of us because we really just loved working together. Um, and so. I'm just not at a point where I can take over the wedding stuff by myself and continue. So I decided that I'm going to be switching to branding photography. And um, because I really and truly, I just love telling wedding day stories. I love the energy. I love the um, just the problem solving that goes into a wedding day because nothing is ever the same. <laughs> and that's kind of like the excitement of it for me. Um, and so I felt like I could really do that with branding a photography for businesses mm -hmm. and just come up with a creative way to, um, to just tell the story of a business and the different things that they're wanting to promote. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I'm headed and I'm just starting out that journey. Um, and we've got one more wedding to finish up this year and then we'll be, then I'll be completely, completely out of the wedding season. Okay, nice. Um, so it's, so you're still kind of working in client services, yes. just a different kind of client now. Yes. Instead of like, mm -hmm. what, what are you realizing with that switch going from, cause we, I mean, we just jump right into it going from, B to C with weddings, you know, customers, clients, the individual to now switching over to a business. What's been the difference there or what do you hope to be 
the benefit of switching to a business to business approach? Well, one big benefit is that I can work during the week instead of on the weekend. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and you have five work days during the mm-hmm. week and you have two on the, on the weekends. And so, um, uh, it'll just be, I think it'll, that, that's one thing that I'm looking forward to is being able to do that. The other thing is that, you know, there is a, um, there's a stress factor that comes when you're working with all the different personalities of a wedding because you don't know everyone that's going to be involved. And it's a, um, you know, the, if you do mess up a wedding, it's just really bad. If you yes. mess up a branding shoot, which we've never messed up a wedding, but if you do mess up a branding shoot, it's not quite as like the consequences aren't as bad. Fair enough. <laughs> so there is that, there is that stress level that will just be down a little bit more. Okay. Maybe we can talk a little bit about first setting up your wedding business. How'd you go about yeah. setting that up? Um, what were some early mistakes you made or some like things mm-hmm. you learned that were like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. Or like, maybe talk a little bit about that and then we can go into like the transition into the strategy and the branding. Right. So when I started, when we started the wedding business, the um, the thing I had, before I moved here, I was the office manager for an air conditioning company. And so I felt like I had a pretty good idea of like business Okay. And what I really wanted to do. So some of the things that we did um, that were really good was we didn't ever establish ourselves as a really cheap photographer. We started and we we found things that we wanted to sell to clients and we were able to come up with a process to um, explain it really well in a really short amount of time. So okay. we didn't. For the for the last five years, we didn't meet with clients. We just did phone interviews and pretty much everybody booked when we talked really? to them. Okay. So never did the coffee shop thing or like, we Oh, let's started all... off the coffee shop thing. Like and FaceTime. then we realized, no, we did some FaceTime, yeah. but the truth is couples around here were so busy yeah. that they didn't, they're like, let's just talk at eight o'clock so we can sit in our pajamas at home. And yep. we were able to, we, because of the process that we had, we had developed, you know, we'd send them the emails. We'd have a process of prepping for the phone call, what mm-hmm. you need to talk about. And so those were some things that we implemented that were really helpful and it meant we didn't have to leave yeah. our house quite as much and yeah. meet at the coffee shops. And, you know, you can talk for 25, 30 minutes and then they book you. And that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, so um, so those were some things in just establishing a very clear process on what we wanted to do. Um, and then I think. Uh, the other thing that we really did at the beginning that was super helpful is establish relationships with venues. So right. after we chewed a wedding, we would contact the venues and say, Hey, can we get you guys an album? Do you need anything, um, for your walls? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And if they responded back, it, we could develop a relationship. A lot of them didn't respond and that was okay. It's kind of yeah. a numbers game. <laughs> you know, it, yep. it was like you had to be the right time. They needed somebody else on their list or, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. Um, I think that I'm trying to think of some of the things that I wish we'd have done differently. Well, no, well, maybe you can talk about the the email communication and the phone because I think I don't think it's so much like when a business sets themselves up that it's all the it's the colors they use and the fonts they use. Mm. It's like I think it's like the customer touch points. Right. Like every interaction that you have with a customer is important, and mm-hmm. I think everyone has a unique approach to it. Right. When you said you just did a phone interview mm-hmm. or you like you laid out everything in the email, like t- mm-hmm. tell me more about that. Tell me about like the details that you put into it or right. was there a deliberate approach to it or was it just mm-hmm. like this is how I communicate? Yes, there was a very deliberate approach. And actually that kind of comes back to where I 
I do wish we would have done some things differently. So when I was first starting, mm -hmm. you know, you listen to so many instructors tell you all about how they built their business and it's great yeah. and it's awesome. But then what I was trying to do was implement everything that everyone was saying. And I soon realized you can't do it because everybody does different ways. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to figure out what's going to work for you and what works for your area, what works for mm -hmm. like your business model. And I think that's where we kind of landed upon the phone interview even um, instead of meeting at coffee shops because we just realized that worked um, for us. And what we did was um, a lot of people out there tell you not to put prices on your website. That's, yeah, that's huge. <laughs> they, they say that. Yeah. We have pretty much bucked the trend and we always had prices on our website yep. uh, because we found that we were, we were getting more qualified leads. When we, um, when we had prices on our website, we would still get leads that they would say, Oh, that's a mm -hmm. little bit, um, too, too much. But the, f we had our starting price on our website the whole time. Sometimes we even had a download link. Yeah. But regardless, the first email communication, when they emailed us, we'd send them our pricing PDF and say, here's our pricing. Can we set up a phone call to chat on this day and this time? Yeah. So we offered two dates in the initial email. They'd get back with us. Let's set up a, let's set up a time to chat. Mm -hmm. We would, um, you know, we'd confirm with them right before the phone call, the day of the phone call. Yep. Hey, here's a prepping for your phone call email. We'd again send them our pricing PDF. And it had our philosophy of like what we do, why, we, you know, our four points that we really feel like we're good at with weddings. Yep. And with that, there was, we weren't going into these phone calls blind. We were going okay. into these phone calls. They knew our pricing. They knew how we worked. And our, the photos that we used, we really wanted them to um, encapsulate more of the storytelling aspect of the wedding day yep. um, rather than just posed bride and groom photos. Um, With, uh, you said you knew you had enough knowledge going in. Did you know about their, or how much knowledge did you need from them? Did you need to know the date of the wedding, venue? Right. That was about it or the date of the wedding, the venue and just a little bit about like what they wanted for their wedding. But the okay. truth is we didn't need to know that as much because we we had um, we'd come up with a script that we, you know, of course, revised and loosely followed. Yeah. Um, but um, we would ask them questions about what they wanted for their reception, what they wanted for like their look at the feel of the wedding day. Okay. And we were finding that um our clients were really more about family and friends having a great experience than making the wedding day all about themselves. Having a great experience with their family and friends and making it, um, making it a great time for them as well as, yeah. um, that. And they also, we, we did a lot of um, planning with them to create their wedding day timeline okay. and things like that. And they really appreciated it. Like mm -hmm. we got a lot of clients who just, who wanted that, who wanted to know what was going on. So we created the clear expectations for them. Yep. Um, and we sent out multiple questionnaires that they filled out. Like before their engagement session, we had a questionnaire that was more about the two of them and their relationship. Mm -hmm. And then like for their wedding day, we had a, a pretty extensive questionnaire we would send out just to help us get a lot of information. Like, are there mobility issues with family that we need to be concerned about? Gotcha. You know, and then we got the names of all of their family um, that were going to be in the pictures. So we knocked out family photos in like That's huge. 15 okay. minutes and people loved it. <laughs> and so there was a lot of things like that, that we would reassure them when we were, um, when we were on the phone with them, that we are going to make sure that family and friends have a good time too. Mm -hmm. And people really, really appreciated that. Nice. And it's like, because I've seen it on site, it's like almost a wedding photographer is like 
can be like a part-time coordinator at times. Like when the coordinator's not there, it's just like, I've seen the photographer take over so many times. It's like, yeah. it sounds like you were kind of in that role a little bit because you knew so much. You had so much context mm-hmm. of the family, who who does what, who needs yes. this. Yeah, like yeah, we definitely, and we... We have uh, we had a lot of weddings that we were we were even kind of like we wanted people not to have a coordinator sometimes because we just yeah. had to process down and we yeah. knew what. Now, some coordinators were awesome and yeah. some coordinators were just harder to work with and they made our jobs a little more difficult. Yeah. But we really did. We had we had that down and the clients loved it. They love knowing what to expect. And that's this. That's the kind of thing that I want to take over into my branding business yeah. is letting clients like really doing a, an extensive planning session with them before and letting mm-hmm. them know, OK, here's scene one that we're going to do. Here's scene two and really yeah. kind of just lay that out for them and that's what i've done in the session so far is really create a very detailed timeline what shots are we going to get for you what ones are super critical what ones are really critical for them to have in their business and what ones are like a little more like storytelling and we can just you know Mm -hmm. get that but but it really comes down to i think it comes down to client expectations and making sure that the clients know that they are the most important like it's not about us mm-hmm. and even for a wedding day um you know every every time we would go into a wedding day we're we're really there for the client we're not there to create art we're there to take pretty pictures that the client is going to love yeah. and when you have when we went in with that attitude versus like i i really have to shoot at this location to create this amazing image and mm-hmm. then you know you structure your entire wedding day timeline around that one image then the, the client might not get what they want <laughs> and they just want pretty pictures yeah. of their family and friends you know and so we kind of went in with that with that idea so now i'm curious about because i really because i think i think everyone shies away from talking about pricing and that was Mm -hmm. i was in that philosophy where it was like don't show your pricing like be luxury or like you go to these you know wedding videographer or or wedding photographer websites and it's like the more luxurious they seemed or more high-end they seem the less it was pricing it was always like ask for price or contact us for a quote and i guess the mindset was if you show your prices, then like you box yourself in, you've limited yourself. But what was your, you were just kind of anti that, like, let's show our prices. Because I get, I would get clients mm-hmm. like that too, where they would just say, they don't care who you are. They're just like, hey, you do video, you do photo, send us your prices. Right. And like, it was very impersonal. So I felt like if they got mm-hmm. to know me or if they got to know my business, then I give them the price and it makes it more like a qualified lead. What was your mindset? with setting the prices totally public upfront it's six thousand dollars it's you know here this is the price we really did buck against the trend of not showing prices and and part of it was again back to this you have to build a business what's good for you and where Mm -hmm. you're working and what we found was when we didn't we we did we did experiments and where we had you know not showing prices we were getting so many people who were contacting us and we were spending so much time on the phone and that's when we were still doing some meetings and we're like this is dumb like there there is so much in this area too there are so many photographers there's so many weddings that are a lot of weddings yeah every and we understand if somebody if somebody has a two thousand dollar budget they're not going to 4500 like mm-hmm. very rarely very rarely not saying that it wouldn't happen but just get them on the phone or in a coffee but, shop for 30 minutes and be like oh you're like, four thousand we only have two thousand right, like, oh, exactly exactly right. we're wasting their time and we're wasting our time and so we found that what we did was we had our we had our starting prices and 
on the mm-hmm. site. And then when we contacted them and showed them our pricing information, mm-hmm. we had a lot of information in there that wasn't, that was telling them about our business. Yep. So we were essentially educating them in the email that we sent and in our PDF that showed this is what we, this is what we do. We're, we're going to be communicating with you. We're going to mm-hmm. make sure that you know what to expect on a wedding day. And we're letting them know these things when we're, when we're when we're sending them these emails and mm-hmm. and things like that, and that way at least we're in the ballpark. Like we needed to be in the ballpark of pricing before we talk to people, yeah. Um, because we just didn't. Uh, and it kind of comes down to like it's coming down to respecting everybody's time, and nobody yeah. has enough time, you know. And so oh, yeah. people are like, I I don't. I'm not going to convince somebody to spend a ton of money more than they, they have for their wedding because a lot, sometimes they aren't even in control of that. Like if parents mm-hmm. are setting the budget or things like that. Yep. And so we just, we found for us, it's just, I, I like being straightforward. <laughs> I like letting people yep. know exactly what to expect. And the truth is when I'm looking for a service, I don't contact people if they don't have prices online. I just don't. Okay. And actually it's been, I've been, it's very interesting because I've been looking for a coach because I'd like to do a business coach or, mm-hmm. you know, find a business. Nobody has prices online. And it's really frustrating to try to find somebody yeah. that I'm because I'm like, I just I have so much money, but I want to know if you're in the ballpark. Like, I can't spend twenty thousand dollars right now. And if you're going to try to set up a phone call with me and take an hour of my time to ask me all these questions about my business yep. and then tell me, oh, I can help you. It's twenty thousand dollars. I'm sorry. I just don't have that. Like, yep. I want to know you're in the ballpark. What about, because I think pricing is so weird for, especially like creative people. And I know you're, you're kind of like, you say you're kind of outside that camp of like the creative, like emotional feelings kind of get, but it's like, why, why are we afraid to talk about pricing? Why is it weird to talk about the price of something or like a creative service, a video, a photo? Mm -hmm. Like, why is that weird? Or why, why do you think that's weird for people who are uncomfortable to talk about Mm-hmm. A project's price or like oh, yeah. the cost think, of your time. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to we're just scared somebody's going to tell us no. Yeah. And nobody likes to hear no. Um, and so when we hear, oh, no, I'm not going to go with you because you're too high. Like there's something in a sense like we've just been rejected. Yeah. And you have to as a business owner, I feel like you have to look at the numbers game and you have mm-hmm. to look at things as experiments <laughs> rather than like, oh, I'm setting this in stone and this is going to be my pricing from now on. Mm-hmm. You're like, let me try this for a month or two. See how many people I get leads. Keep track of where they come from and just figure out am is my process something that's telling the people that I'm, is it my process that they're rejecting me for or is it my pricing? And if you kind of find out where you can go with that, then I think it becomes, if it becomes kind of like almost a game or an experiment, it's easier to take those no's than thinking I'm being rejected personally Mm -hmm. because nobody wants to be rejected. That's, you know. With your prices, would you... Would you like get feedback? Like if you posted something at seventy five hundred and they're like that's too expensive, and then you, like the next week you'd experiment and drop the price. Would you see like okay, what's being accepted? What is the market? Or like what do people think I'm worth? So what we we usually gave ourselves like two to three months um, uh, experiments, and we always after we talked to somebody or had contact with someone and they did not book with us, we always sent them a three question little questionnaire to follow up to get feedback on why they didn't book with us. Okay, and so um, it had like why didn't you go with us? Is it because we didn't think you were professional? Is it because we didn't um, we didn't like your style? Was it clearly pricing? And so okay. we would get feedback on what they would do. We all also 
did find there were there were definitely dead zones where we just didn't book. Um, yeah. And um, and so in those dead zones, we actually it's it's scary. But when you're in a dead zone, we actually raised our prices and started booking a ton. Yes, and, like that's like I think you get really desperate in those moments where you're like nothing's happening or exactly. no, okay the bills are just still coming in but nothing's happening. Right, right, right. Um, you why would you raise your prices there or like most people I think would get desperate like okay instead of five thousand we're two thousand and just like mm-hmm. they they choke up and like you know you like blink a little bit and they're like okay a right, thousand I'm sorry five hundred I'm sorry. Right. Well, I think this is where um, I kind of looked at it as an experiment. I'm like. Yeah we're obviously something's not working. You know, we haven't booked anything for two months. We've been getting leads in people just haven't followed up. Let's just see what happens in the next month. If we do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we would start booking something at the higher rate and be like, wow, okay, there, there is something to this. And what we found was, um, that when we, I think one reason that I also wanted to raise up is because we were finding there there's definitely a difference in clientele Mm -hmm. and we felt like we were also giving them the experience they really needed at that higher level. Um, And when you, you know, when you have um, pricing, I feel like expectations can be the same or even higher at lower price points than higher price points. Because when people look at you and say, you're the professional, I trust you versus like, I'm paying you to do what I want you to do. You know, there's definitely a difference in attitude there. And we were finding it with, you know, when we raised our prices and started taking some of those clients, we're Mm -hmm. like, wow, we really like this. And because they really viewed us as like, you guys are professionals. We're trusting you to do your job. Yeah, how would you how would you categorize those types of clients? And maybe this also applies to I think the business world too. Like, is it price sensitivity? Is it like, yeah, because it's like the it's like the cheaper a client is, the more they're willing to kick the tires and like kind of bitch and complain about every little thing. And it's like, dude, you're paying me five hundred bucks. Like, just get like versus a client that would pay you seventy five hundred, ten thousand dollars. Like, is it? Does it get to a point that they just become, they don't care about the price, they care more about the quality? Or like, I think what we found was that people who were willing to pay us more really wanted to have a really good experience with us. Mm-hmm. And the experience that they were getting from the first time they contacted us was a very professional, we're going to take care of you experience. Yeah. And so when, not that price, I mean... Some of our clients, yes, price may not have been an issue, but I feel like there, you know, there, there's going to be that that price point somewhere for everybody, and we yeah. were just fitting into what they were willing to pay for wedding photography, and with that, the experience that we gave and the the testimonials we told them about were all about we're going to take care of them. Their families love us, you mm-hmm. know. They they get a great thing, and then we'd meet them for their engagement shoot, and they would be nervous about their engagement shoot. Everybody's nervous about your engagement shoot, yeah. and they actually had fun. And guys would tell us, "Oh, that was that was kind of fun." And so, because they were comfortable then, then it made them more trusting when we were going to be there on mm-hmm. their wedding day. Yeah. Um, and that was another thing that we just also implemented: is we wouldn't shoot weddings without an engagement shoot, because we found okay. that. When they didn't have that engagement shoot, that trust factor wasn't there. Yeah, there's a definitely like rapport with it. Right. And like, uh, and maybe you can talk a little bit about rapport on the more like business to business side too. Like, so you set up the rapport because, you know, again, it's those touch points like is email, the phone call, the, 
engagement photo almost in the whole scheme of things is very small. I think in a memories moments. Hmm. Um, but it was that, but it was your chance to like build rapport, build a relationship, build a working style. Right. So, well, and it also, it started, it started when we booked them because when we, when we talked to them, we, we addressed concerns that they had about Mm -hmm. wedding photography. Um, (sighs) and you know, we had, we had, I had a couple one time who, who did not want to book with me because they had, um, they were just, they were just fighting against this. Well, how do I know you're going to deliver the images? And it it was kind of becoming like this tense situation on the phone. And I wasn't, I wasn't sure what was going on. And Mm -hmm. so I said, well, what? something something else is is happening here that they don't trust me and so i asked yeah. them a little bit more and here i found out they had a wedding photographer their friend had a wedding photographer who didn't deliver the images for a year uh, and they still yeah. actually they still oh didn't have the images it was a year later and so then i was like this makes sense this makes sense that they wouldn't trust another wedding photographer because their yeah. friend had a bad experience so what i told them is i told them you know every single client of ours has always had their images and that's that's yep. what i can do for you is just let you know i can give you references and things like mm-hmm. that so I think building the rapport really starts with a- addressing any concerns that they have. Yeah. And then with the engagement questionnaire we would send out, we would ask them, what makes you uncomfortable about yourself in photos? And yeah. everybody has something that are most people have something that they don't really mm-hmm. like about themselves in photos. And I think even the fact that we were addressing that and saying, mm-hmm. we care about you, we care about you wanting your photos to look good and you being comfortable in your photos and so there was there was setting all of this the stage for when we meet them and Mm -hmm. when we actually take photos of them and then we wanted feedback on the engagement photos like i'm not of the opinion that someone has to love every single photo i deliver and um you know they're going to choose their 10 to 15 favorites and we Mm -hmm. would tell them look you're not going to like every picture we send you and it's okay it's okay to do that you can choose your favorites and that's what you're going to love and i'm not and so i think like just kind of lowering the bar in a sense of Mm -hmm. like i'm not i'm I'm not personally connected to every single image that I deliver. Yeah. I think this where it comes this this comes into like the I'm not I'm not a creative because I'm not emotionally vested in every single image yeah. and I don't like sit down and cry when someone doesn't like an image that I deliver. Yeah, so a good creative, like, you got to take criticism. It's part of the game. Like, you have to. Right. And you have to, you have to be willing, because we've had clients who are just like, I just felt so uncomfortable in that pose, and I just don't mm-hmm. want any of those poses on our wedding day. And I'm like, okay, cool. we, we'll do that. And then another client is like, I just like pictures of me smiling and looking at the camera. I don't like any other pictures. And so we did a few other pictures on the wedding day, just because you have to. But mm-hmm. they got all the ones of them smiling and looking at the camera and it's okay like that's yeah. what they that's what we're there for we're there for them nice and so i think you know going into the branding side and working with businesses mm-hmm. it's really about like what are your needs and how can i help you solve those needs for you yeah because i think individuals individual customer and a business they all come with problems they all have like their own set of insecurities and like we're sensitive about this versus this um yeah, when you're approaching a business and you're like having to like calm them down that like I'm here to help you solve your problem. Um, how are you addressing that or how are you what's your approach now or like what would you like your approach to be with businesses and saying like it's okay, we can solve this, we can figure this out. Um it's going to, you know, your, your photos are going to turn out good. Like it's going to work. Well, I think one of the biggest things is that I with with the businesses, 
having a conversation is definitely the starting point mm-hmm. and not being afraid to address it. Like, um, you know, and this is something that I also in, in my photography business, anytime there's any kind of hint of conflict over email or that I see that something could turn into conflict, I'm like, let's just get on the phone and have a little chat. Okay. And addressing something in person talking about it in person helps so much Um, Mm -hmm. or on the phone. I'm very comfortable talking on the phone. So um, finding out where their pain points really are. And then, um, you know, during a shoot, I am completely comfortable showing someone the back of my camera and showing them. And then with branding photography and some headshots, what I've started doing is I just download my pictures onto the computer and show them straight out of camera. And we choose their favorites right there. Yeah. Because that way they know that they've gotten. And if we really didn't get an image for them, we can always shoot it right then. Yeah. And so there's this this idea of like, oh, I know she got it. And we're going to make sure that you know right away mm-hmm. that we got this. Because it is a little different for a business. Like there are specific things they have to have yes. um, to advertise. And and so making a shot list for that and, mm-hmm. and just organizing things and really playing it out for them. But not being afraid to... Um, not being afraid to show them images right out of the camera, I think, is another thing. Yeah. Like the first time I I heard somebody do that, I was kind of like, "That's just ridiculous!" Like who that, who that, would do that? that? There's nervous. gonna be a blurry image. There's gonna be something bad. And if yep. there is, I just say, "Oh, that one's blurry. We're not doing it." And then mm-hmm. they're fine, and I'm fine, and we're both happy. Yeah, that makes me yeah. nervous. Yeah, when we do interviews for video, and then like to show them, like, "Oh, here's how you look on camera." They're already uncomfortable on camera, and then to sh- like it's just like. They just get in their head and get super insecure. It's like, I don't know where I heard it. Just like, don't show, don't show the client your, your what? footage in your camera. Like, oh, take it. Let's preview this. And you're like, it's all for me. It's like, cause I shoot in, we'll shoot in log. We'll shoot. It's all gray and there's no color to it. Oh, uh, it'd right. be like showing like a raw photo. Right. And just right. like gray and mushy. And you're mm-hmm. like, what that is, is different. Th- what is this? Yeah. So I can definitely see how showing somebody a video of themselves, like you would get in your head really quickly with yeah, that. That is different not, than a It's photo. not nicely edited together. You're like, no, no, no. Right. Like it's a close up of this, then a wide of that, then a medium shot of this. They're like, uh, right. What? So right, right, right. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have any idea. I would be scared if somebody showed me a video of myself on camera. Yes. Um, so with now with businesses, like there's another element to it. It's not. You know, with clients, it's like you're trying to, you know, with like a wedding client, you're trying to like calm down their fear, get them over the fact that they can be comfortable on camera. With businesses now, there's a whole nother aspect. There's the politics of it. Like, have you run into any of that? Or like, do you foresee any of that? Like, it's not, or or they may object, like you're saying, like they may object to something or like they don't feel comfortable with this, but it's really, it's not about the fact it's not about your photo. It's about something deeper that you had no idea about or weren't privy to the politics of like, why are they pushing back on this? And it's like, oh, it's not the marketing director's problem. It's the CEO who had this problem and now is pushing down. It's like, have you run into that? Or like, have you, are you, how would you go about like solving that or like keeping that kind of together and like, all right, (laughs) let's focus here. Let's focus on the problem. Right. Well, I have not run into that yet. Um, because mostly I've been working with small business owners. Okay. So they're the, the one. Um, my, my thoughts are if, if I'm working with a client who's going to need photos, I need to be able mm-hmm. to talk to the decision maker. Like who is the ultimate decision maker yes. of these photos? Because if I can't talk to them and get a, get feedback, it's going to be just a disaster yeah. because they don't, you know, uh, business owners can 
have something in their minds, but then it's not communicated clearly to this person yeah. and this person. It just doesn't translate to me at all. And so I really do have to talk to the decision maker um, mm -hmm. who's ultimately going to be saying, oh, we, we really want this photo. And at least have yeah. a 10 minute conversation with them. I don't have to plan the whole shoot with them. But just no. like once you plan the shoot, talk to them and say, is this is this what you are envisioning for the shoot? Is there something else we need to do? Yep. Um, and things like that. I don't think that, you know, getting to a shoot dealing with conflict really doesn't scare me anymore like mm -hmm. it used to yeah. because i feel like you can when when there is something you can really ask questions and find out what people are what people are thinking and if you do it in a way that you're not being defensive like this isn't about me i'm not making this about me i want right. you to have what you really want so it's, yeah so it's talking with the decision makers um right. and that's important too with pricing like i don't think it's like to talk with the, the middleman in the business that's not going to get you the final decision. Um, how do you go about finding the decision makers or like, is it really easy with a small business or is that, is that the kind of the benefit of working with a small business that it's, it's kind of a one way street. Like you just know, right. She's the boss. Right. That would be what I would love to do is work with smaller business owners who really need, um, who really need, amazing social media images that they can, um, that they can post and use, um, and doing like a shoot a year for them, or even maybe a little bit more recurring. Um, mm. when I've had contact with people who are not the dis ultimate decision makers, it hasn't, I haven't gotten jobs. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of it is because they don't, they, you know, they say, well, this person under me, like, I want you to research these people and, and do it, yeah. but they are not making, they're making decisions based on, probably based on a lot of pricing. Mm -hmm. And if I could talk with the decision makers, I could find out what their needs are and actually address it. But often the people who they're, they're using to do their research mm -hmm. is not, they're not, they don't know the specific needs that the other person has. Okay. So they, because they don't generally communicate them. And so you have to, you have to know what needs are before you can address it and make sure. So yeah. That's one reason that I would love to work with smaller business owners, I think, yeah. um, who are, who are growing their business, but still, still in touch enough with like what's going on that they're going yes. to be the ones planning the shoots and things like that. Yeah. A little more like boots on the ground. You can, they like, right. you can see the impact and like, right. You can right, actually right. like point to it. Yes, yeah. exactly. And who are still, yeah, very much, very much involved in the, the social media aspect mm -hmm. and what we're, what they're putting out and things yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. I still want to talk more about pricing because I, I think that's like the most interesting part about it all but maybe we can talk on the the other side of the coin of pricing is kind of value how do you how are you communicating with these small business owners the value that you bring to them or like why you know when they're like when they push back they're like why do i need social media photos or like why do i need a new profile picture or a new website landing page photo mm -hmm. like what how are you going about kind of not convincing them but like mm -hmm. showing them that you do need this. This is valuable. And this is like the money ROI side of it. This is what it can do for your business. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the biggest thing that I do is I just ask a lot of questions okay. before I even get to the point of saying you need this. So what I'm, what I'm doing is with my phone calls um, and talking to somebody, what, where are you going to use these photos? Where are you going to, do you need a headshot? Do you need this? Do you need this? And then yep. once they answer, if they say, well, I really need just photos of, you know, my products or me working with this mm -hmm. and they don't, they don't need a new headshot. 
And so what I'll do is at the end of the conversation say, okay, here are the things that I really feel like, you know, with, with the shoot, here's what I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning this, this scene. I'm envisioning this scene, getting these photos. And of course I'll do a few headshots because who doesn't want a few updated headshots when you have hair and makeup done. And then they're like, oh, that would be fine. But if I would lead with this is exactly my process and this is what I do, then Mm -hmm. it can turn somebody off because they're like, that's not solving my problem. Yeah, if you go too formulaic with it, right. it's not personalized. Right. And so that's where I feel like with kind of letting them know a price point, <laughs> back mm-hmm. to price, letting them know a price point. But then when you're talking to them, just really asking what are your needs and and being honest, like, I don't know that I'm the best person for you if you really need something with video because I don't. I don't do video Um, and making it a conversation and a two way, a two way, like problem solving session, essentially, like how can we solve a problem that you're having? And could you even, I mean, have you thought about just charging for, cause you don't, I mean, with your business, it's you're going to do branding and photography. Have you thought about just charging for like a strategy session? Have you ever, have you, has that come across your mind? (laughs) Just like, yeah, a thousand bucks. We'll sit down for an hour and we'll figure out what you need to do. We won't do anything, but we'll just mm-hmm. figure out what you need to do. I have thought about that, and I'm trying to figure out if that's a route that I want to go or if that's something that I'm just going to be completely just adding into all of mm-hmm. my packages. Yeah. Um, and I do feel like it, it is a little bit of a um, it's a little bit of a balance because when you do talk to someone on the phone, you don't want to give them an entire strategy session and plan out their entire shoot, and then they take it and go somewhere else. Yes. So you have to like just say, you know, I really can solve this problem for you, and you know, a little bit mm-hmm. about h- how you would do it. And the other thing is being excited about solving their problems because yeah. somebody wants to work. You want to work with somebody who's actually excited about working with you too. Yes. Um, and and making sure that they'll know. Um, you know, the experience with you is something that they're going to enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I feel like it's all like, you can't go into it with a ton of preconceived, like I am going to do this, this, and this, mm-hmm. you know, you have your idea of what you're going to do, but every conversation just goes so differently and being open to just talking and, and looking at that. Yeah. I think that's really important because yeah, the, I think it probably in your world, in my world, that if you do video, then you need a video. If you do photography, then you need photography. And it's like to have that or to not have that ego to back up and say like, all right, you don't, you don't really need new, like your photos are great. You don't need new photos, but you do need this. And I think that's important mm-hmm. to like, um, yeah, because then you just, I don't think it's, you come off as authentic or as you, you're not really trying to solve their problem. You're just trying to sell the services that you're good at. Right. Right. And nobody likes to be sold to, you know, or very few people like to be sold to. And so you are, you're, you're being interested in them as a person interested in their business Mm -hmm. and being, yeah, being genuine about it instead of just being this, it's all about me attitude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so with, the business side of pricing, do you still, have you taken that same kind of formula with weddings and apply it to businesses? Are you upfront about we cost this much money? Is it, yeah, like Mm -hmm. talk more about that. Yeah. So I definitely have introductory pricing on my website because I want people to know if, if they're in the ballpark and and what that would include. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I also feel like a big, big part of pricing is making it simple for people. Um, And one thing that we did in our wedding photography is we didn't do packages. We didn't do like package A, B and C. We just did. This is what we go. This is, this is our experience. It's, um, 
um, you know, we ended at nine hours, an engagement session included, and this is what you want. If you want to add on an album, here's the album price. You but just it was had one price, one, one price, big price, one big okay. price. Okay. And people could either take it or leave it. And the thing about that that was so great is it was simple. And mm. when people are confused, they're going to say no. And when people have to explain it to their parents or, you know, well, what do you want here? Their only decision was, do we want an album or not, yeah. um, essentially. And so that's the that's what I want to take into the branding world is being able to do something with a one price. And, um, well, I'll probably have to do like two, two different prices, just mm-hmm. depending on like how long of a shoot they need and things like that. But right. I want to just make it very simple. And, you know, I can explain it in 30 seconds. And okay. let them know they can read over it. It's very simple for them to understand instead of like, well, wait, I don't know what's in this package and what's the, the difference between this package and this package and mm-hmm. things like that. Like I just, it's easier for me to just have one price too. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk now about, uh, cause you talked a little bit about influences and like role models and like schools of thought that you kind of learned or you try to like combine 20 ideas into one. Uh, who have been like the most impactful channels youtube channels podcasts uh creators whoever like that have been like you know i really like their advice on this like mm-hmm. um so one in in our wedding photography one of the biggest influences was caitlin james she's from richmond and she um we actually did a mentoring session with her and before that we kind of had this like combobulated pricing model and stuff and she was like people don't trust you because your pricing is off she's like you got to just combine things and and make people trust you with your pricing and we're like that's brilliant and it really did change a lot um Mm -hmm. in that and then um the other person that I follow and I just adore is Megan DePiero. She's a portrait photographer from Florida. Okay. And um, her, she doesn't have a podcast. She has a Facebook group. That's, she's just, she's brilliant and she really just gives a lot and is very mm-hmm. genuine. And, um, and I just, I think that her, her business model, she does headshots and family portraits and stuff. So okay. it's a little bit different than what I'm doing. Um, but she's just, She's just so brilliant. Um, and then podcasts, I'm don't I don't have one that I listen to all the time right now. No, that's fine. Um, but I do um I kind of just switch around. I'm trying to think the latest. I've been listening to some of James Wedmore's podcasts. He does online um like coaching and things, and he just does like business stuff. So mm-hmm. that one's um that's just fun to listen to. But what, what have you kind of taken away from some of these? influences so the influences the things that i've taken away that have really just made a difference for me is you have to be somebody that is authentic and that cares about people mm-hmm. <laughs> really and truly and yeah. you have to be able to to portray that trust and give that like build that trust on your online marketing in all of your yeah. in all of your marketing and all the emails um and so that's been kind of like the when i follow people i'm looking for people who are genuine and open about mm-hmm. what they're doing and not trying to hide things um if i follow somebody and they don't give me numbers about like what their business looks like i'm like okay that's that's great but if you're yeah. an educator and you're not telling me that you actually know what you're talking about that's hard for me to that's hard for me to swallow that makes sense so. um Maybe we can end on this kind of last big thought about uh, marketing, advertising, branding. How do you feel about it? Or like, what do you see is the the current state of things with branding and marketing? And how are you like 
what are you following in your business or like what have you found that works the best with marketing yourself branding yourself getting your name out there and then and then even advice that you're giving to to clients and say like are you guys trying this have you used this method have you used this platform yeah that's a big question uh, <laughs> um i think that you know it's marketing is such a uh, it's such a long term thing you can't look at it as a get rich quick um, very, very seldom are there any yep. one avenue. And so, um, I think you have to look at it as like just putting a lot of, um, just planting a lot of seeds and then mm -hmm. it has to, it just takes time and some of them are going to grow and some of them are not. Yeah. And so I think the thing for me right now, and this is the hardest thing because switching from wedding photography to building a completely new business, I'm really starting from scratch. And yes. so I'm having to take all these ideas that I've been thinking about, like with my wedding photography and kind of figure out a way to transition what worked there mm -hmm. and how is that concept going to work here? And some of them are not really working and some of them are. And, um, I think relationships with, um, relationships are very important building mm -hmm. those relationships and finding it, but you can't be so set on like, I'm going to build this relationship and this one will work out. You kind of have mm -hmm. to say it's a numbers game and I want to like, talk to 10 people and try to build 10 relationships and maybe one of them will take and maybe one won't. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's also just challenging with the whole Instagram, Facebook, cause all these things are changing all mm -hmm. the time. And now yep. Instagram stories are like the big thing. And mm -hmm. I just, I have a hard time with social media. If I'm honest, I just, sure. I don't like being on social media because it just is a time sucker. And, mm -hmm. but so I'm like, okay, got to figure out a strategy of what I want to do, you know, post on stories so many times and, and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and then just reaching out to people, um, following people that are you know ones that and then starting to just like message them every once in a while or yeah. building a relationship with that um but it's hard i mean it's 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 mm -hmm. hard to find those different things and i think that um it's it, it really is it's it, looking at it as this is an experiment and i'm gonna try this for two yeah. months and just see if i get traction like you have to kind of commit to something for a for an extended period of time yeah. you can't just say oh i posted one thing and it didn't work what have you found that's worked is it because uh, i was pushing like six months ago i was saying like dms are great dms are the new email on instagram mm -hmm. like does Instagram DM, leaving a comment, uh, LinkedIn now is interestingly big. Um, what like some like small tactics that you found that kind of works or like you tried this for two months and it didn't work? Um, so I've tried DMs on Instagram and if they're not following me, I don't get responses because okay. it goes into the, like the request folder. Um, and so once somebody starts following me, then I can start. And if you follow people, they'll sometimes follow you back. Yeah. Um, I have gotten some shoots from just like my uh, just hashtags, but mm -hmm. that was earlier. And so I think the hashtag thing is kind of, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, and I do, I am a part of a networking group. Okay. Um, and you know, it's, Again, it's long-term relationships and, and it's kind of, I'm finding that for me, I'm trying to find things that I can actually do from, 
from home. Mm -hmm. And my latest thing is, you know, I want to do like personal branding photography and branding photography. But if you look up, like I'm trying to figure out how to, how to do my website and use SEO Mm -hmm. so that people can find me on Google. And I don't find that people are even searching for those terms. So it's like, what, yeah, what are like, I'm trying to figure out what are people searching for when they need photos of like their products. So Um, that's just a, it's a unique thing because I didn't realize it was such a, um, a newer field of photography, I guess, mm-hmm. that you're trying to get into. And yep. so it's like, wait, as a photographer, I'm using these terms. What are clients using? And so I'm still kind yeah, of in that discovery see- phase of like, what are they actually searching for? Yeah. Yeah. Cause if they're looking for, yeah, do you find that they're looking for product photography or just like <laughs> product, <laughs> product photography, DC, Maryland, Virginia? Right, like, right, right. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think that, again, trying to find some businesses that I could potentially partner mm-hmm. with um, who do branding or who do um, things like that. But again, it's finding it, it's kind of a numbers game. Does someone need a new person to partner with right now or yeah. do they have everybody that they need? Um, and and so it's just a it's a, it's a matter of trying a, a ton of things. Yeah. I've always in my prospecting methodology or whatever, you're always like I find that you always look for clients that have like good taste and like they're doing really good stuff and like have great videos and have great photos and then you're just like uh, you'd love to work for them, but they already have the thing and it's like then you have to like find the clients that have like crappy websites and bad photos and then are you reaching out to them and saying like, hey, I noticed that these are really bad? Like, or like, how do you tastefully approach a client and say like, you know, if you improve this and this, your business would be better? Or is it just genuinely starting a relationship, following them? Like, how do you, how do you go about, because I've always found that like, what's the like balancing act of like saying like, you have a problem and I'm here to solve it, but like without offending them to say like, oh, you think you know my business better than me? Like, how do you... How do you go about not offending a prospective client? Right. That is a, um, I find it's very funny that you say this because there's this person I've been following on Instagram, this business I've been following and I'm like, they really need photos. They really Mm -hmm. need good, like the business owner needs a headshot and they need good product photos and stuff. And so I actually had reached out to her on direct message and she never reached out back to me. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I still follow her because I'm very interested in the business. And then I saw the other day that she had a headshots taken by this uh, other photographer okay and um I'm like oh that's interesting and i'm like okay i could have probably done a little bit better than that picture but mm-hmm. you also realize that clients post whatever they want and it's probably not the best photo from the shoot <laughs> i've learned that a long time ago and i think this photographer is great um but in regards to like not offending people mm-hmm. i think that I have not been able to successfully reach out to someone and say, hey, you have a problem. I'm here to solve your problem. What I have done is if I really want to work with someone, I've reached out to people and I've been like, look, I would love to feature you on my blog. And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm getting into branding photography. I'd love to feature you on my blog. I'd love to come just do a little 30-minute session in your store or, you know, take pictures of you. You would get 10 files. You could buy more if you wanted to. No obligation is that something that I could do for you and help you out with that? But I also say in there, I, if, if it would be helpful for you to have more social media files, mm-hmm. because I want them to know, I want this to be helpful for them. Yeah. So I've gotten some mixed responses. You know, somebody's like, I'm just too busy right now, but it's a great offer. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't do that. Um, some people like that. That's awesome. I'd love to have you do that. So giving them, you have to, 
I'm finding, like, I'm not comfortable just saying you have a problem. <laughs> I'm here to solve yeah. it. So giving them a little bit something, but then you also have to be willing to invest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also don't have to give away the farm either. You can say, look, I, this is what you'll get from it. If you want to buy more, that's great. Yep. I'm happy to sell you more. But this is what I'm going to be using, you know, kind of like making it a controlled, a controlled shoot. Okay. Um, so okay. offering that to someone can be, uh, can be giving them something of value while still saying, you know, you kind of have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but not saying you have a problem in those words. Or they can like to show them what it could be. Right. Like, oh, I didn't need, like mm-hmm. to make them realize, because I feel weird about, the ed- you know, when people always say like, you got to educate the client, mm-hmm. like, should you or like, but to show them like, this is what it could be and mm-hmm. then get them excited. And then you already have that rapport with them a little bit and then to close the sale. But yeah. Right. Right. And, and the thing is, you have to go into something like that with no expectations of like, I'm going to land this client and this is going to be my bread and butter now. You're like, I really want to give this to you. Yep. Um, and if you, if you have that attitude and you're not appearing desperate, like, oh, you yeah. have to buy more now or there's all these strings with this, you know, that's, that's kind of like, again, being authentic and, and genuine and being interested in them yeah. as a person. That makes uh, sense. Too. Well, cool. Um, well, Susie, where can we find your work? Where can we find your website? Instagram oh. handle, all that stuff. Uh, so it's just SusieHadid.com. It's my website. My Instagram is SusieHadid. Cool. So, uh, future plans. What do we got going on in the next couple months, weeks? When's this episode coming out? In late winter, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> when- well, hopefully I'll have um, I'll figured out a few marketing things that work, okay. um, you know, with my, my branding. And um, I'd love to be able to be doing several shoots a month and, and just have fun with it. Cool. Well, Susie, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Photographers, do you want to raise your prices but don't know how? Ditch your pretty Pinterest templates for something that actually makes you money. Check the boxes where the answer is yes. Are you unsure how to get those high-paying clients? Are you tired of everyone selling you on the secret formula to success that doesn't seem to be aligned with who you really are? Do you feel ready to raise your prices, but do you still feel like the market is too saturated? Are you tired of chasing wedding after wedding, barely breaking even? Do your clients say, we can't afford you? Are you feeling burnt out from saying yes to jobs and clients that don't resonate with you? Do you want to feel alive, excited, and inspired in your creative life again? If you checked any of these boxes above, then I want to invite you to check out the Perfect Wedding Package. Start charging what you deserve. You can be the best photographer with the best gear, but unless you're actually making money at this, it's nothing more than a really really expensive hobby. What most of us end up doing, we work on projects that can barely pay the rent and end up having to settle for a 9 to 5. As a photographer, we start with so much passion and excitement. Then one day, a friend of ours says they're getting married and then they want you to shoot it. Wait, really? But I've only been doing this for fun up till now. I can't charge my friends thousands of dollars. So instead, you tell them you're only going to charge $250. Even though, looking back, they would have been more than happy to pay you more. An even worse scenario is to charge nothing for a wedding shoot because you feel like you need more practice. So much of our pricing is based on confidence and perception. As you quietly bump along to your next wedding, this time it's a friend of a friend. You think, well I can't jump too high, I'll charge $300 for this wedding. And on and on, you barely bump up your prices as to not disturb the waters or appear too ambitious. You think to yourself, if I charge $2,500, I look like a money-hungry con artist. And on top of all that, I don't even know what excuses I would say to a client if they push back. I would run scared back down to $300 
because it feels safe. And at least I won't get a no, right? Hi, I'm Jordan P. Anderson. I'm a marketing nerd, content creator. I've filmed over 200 I do's and spent the last 10 years trying to perfect a system that creates a compelling story that drives business results, whether it's new followers, course signups, or booking new clients. That business results part didn't come easy. I spent my first few years out of college at La La Land, making, shooting, and vlogging my way to booking more clients. But my efforts versus what I was being paid for was always felt disconnected. I was playing around on YouTube, hoping something magical would happen, and it didn't. I was barely living up to the dreams I'd set for myself. To put it bluntly, I would have made more money at Burger King than working on my video business. I felt guilty for being a poor husband. My wife was absolutely killing it in her healthcare job, and I was simply playing YouTuber, not bringing my share as a husband. I felt guilty, I felt like a failure, and on top of that, I then lost my job. Now back into a dark corner, one that I never want to visit again, I had to do some real soul searching to upheave my business, start from scratch, and create a system that could actually make money and start contributing more as a husband. Job rejection after job rejection, unemployment checks running dry, everything was out of my control. The only thing I could control was my perspective and the skills I could learn. The core of my insecurity was that I didn't know how to properly charge my clients. I didn't know how to ask for what I wanted. I started reading and studying every pricing, sales, and marketing book I can get my hands on. And then I changed my perspective. I realized that I can do this. I can provide for my wife. I can live up to those dreams. My biggest aha. My biggest aha moment was around the idea that pricing is about confidence and perception. I realized that it's all about how you frame the conversation with your clients. You have to believe that the clients love paying for your expensive options because of how it makes them feel. It was never about how slick I dressed or how cool I used the word strategic content driven initiatives. Knowing this, I put together this new pricing sheet and I had a client looking for a new website, a new take on their business and a documentary to go along with it. This was my shot to put this new pricing knowledge into action. $10,000 was the number. I stared at this number on the screen for three days. No way can I send this quote. This is more money than I've ever made in my video business. Believing it's all possible, I emailed the proposal. Later that night at 10 p.m., client called and they said yes. I was lying to myself that I wasn't able to charge for what I deserve, and I chose not to accept it. In fact, I feel this calling to help you flip your approach. Save yourself from the lies we tell ourselves, and instead, get you focusing on creating something that your clients are dying to say yes to. My goal is to help you establish a price that reflects who you truly are, a professional photographer that deserves to be seen as a business-savvy, highly-valued creative who kicks ass at earning a living. Introducing the Perfect Wedding Package. I have built this Perfect Wedding Package to be a step-by-step -step guide for wedding photographers to start charging what they deserve. If you want more income, better clients, and more time to do the things you love, this template is what you need. Establish pricing that reflects your true value and upgrade your mindset to get comfortable welcoming more money and abundance with ease. The Perfect Wedding Package is your next step on the journey to raising your rates and getting paid what you deserve. You've been leaving so much money on the table with your wedding packages. What's inside the Perfect Package? A DIY printable one-page proposal that saves you countless hours on quoting and negotiation, 
an easy-to-read breakdown of a price sheet so you're able to bring in more income and avoid the low-paying, stressful gigs, creating the perfect set of options for your brides and grooms. The main reason why your wedding packages fail to book new clients? A checklist for what you need before any proposal is ever written and how to avoid clients from hell. The art of crafting options that guide your clients to choosing the right package every time. You'll also receive the perfect wedding package template, a $250 value, an in-depth video lesson, $500 value, a bonus, one-on-one wedding package workshop, a $2,000 value, another bonus, photography website audit, a $2,000 value, and a third bonus, direct access to me on Discord, a $150 value, total value, $4,900. Free video lesson. This in-depth video lesson makes it easy to create a one-page price sheet that does the selling for you and gives you the confidence to increase your income and free up time for you to focus on your best creative self, a $500 value. Bonus number one, one-on-one wedding package workshop. This 30-minute coaching session magnifies your results by having a practical, comprehensive conversation that focuses on perfecting your prices and clears up any hesitation about taking the next big step in your business and helps you realize that you are worth it and you deserve what's best in life. Bonus number two, photography website audit. This personalized assessment provides the keys to getting an objective look at your website so that you can create an experience that excites clients to work with you and share your story as a creative as well as create a place that shows off your portfolio that you can be proud of. Bonus number three, free access to me on Discord. This private channel is the shortcut needed to get direct access to me so you're able to get your price questions answered and create a safe place to learn how to upgrade your business and build a network that goes beyond your little backyard. A $4,900 value for only $97. I'm no math surgeon, but that looks like $4,883 of education going right back into your bank account. Imagine how it will feel to book your ideal clients, generate the income that you need and deserve, finally go full-time, have the tools you need to reach your goals, and truly believe in yourself. So what's the catch, Jordan? I'm offering this guide because I know that when you raise your rates and your clients say yes, that you're more likely to keep doing what you love, leave the 9 to 5 behind forever, and continue to grow your photography brand. That's it. That's my sleazy sales tactic for you to have success and maybe one day to share that success with the creative community. In fact, $97 is 1 50th of what I could be charging for an offer like this. I'm almost kicking myself for setting the price so low. So why would I do this? Helping photographers is my calling because like you, I've been told you have to go get a real job and that you have to be a starving artist in order to do what you love. I'm calling bullshit. So my goal is to help you make money. Then hopefully you'll choose to reinvest some of those profits back into the products and services that I offer. Does that sound more than fair? Do you have a guarantee? Yes. If at any time you feel like you have not gotten your money's worth, let me know and I'll refund you on the spot. I guarantee that if you implement this template, watch the videos, ask questions, and start believing that this is all possible, then you'll have a completely new wedding package and a solid understanding of the core fundamentals of pricing and marketing yourself as a photographer. If for some reason you don't feel this is true, then let me know and you'll receive a full refund. No questions asked, and you keep the template to share with a friend who might find it useful. But if you're like most people, this experience will change your business, and for some of you, it will change your outlook on life. Just to recap, the perfect wedding package includes the perfect wedding package template, a $250 value, 
in-depth video lesson, $500 value, a bonus of one-on-one wedding package workshop, $2,000 value, second bonus of photography website audit, $2,000 value, and a third bonus of direct access to me on Discord, a total value of $4,900. If you want more income, better clients, and more time to do the things you love, then this is the template you need. Frequently Asked Questions Do I have to be an advanced pro photographer? Not at all. In fact, the earlier you learn this, the more your photography business will thrive. Avoid the early mistakes and start charging what you're worth. And for the professionals out there, let's break a few old habits around pricing your work. When do I get to talk to you, Jordan? In order to get the most out of this package and get light a fire under your ass, we have to strike while the iron is hot. Your booking window expires 60 days from the date of purchase, so get on the Calendly ASAP. If there are major schedule conflicts, let me know. How do I book my pricing session with you, Jordan? I'll send you a Calendly invite for our 30-minute pricing workshop. You choose a time that works for you, and away we go. Does this actually work? Yes. Speaking from personal experience, I've used this on projects where I was able to charge $10,000. The variable is you and how much you believe you can achieve your goals. Why is this so cheap? Value is in the eye of the beholder. If you really want to know, I'm keeping this price down because I want so many more people to get their hands on this knowledge. If you want to pay more for it, just let me know. Thanks for listening. To start using the perfect wedding package, go to jordanpanderson.com slash wedding package.